Welcome to the One Life Podcast. We talk about things from One Life Church, but ultimately things we think can relate to you and your one and only life. I'm one of your co-hosts, Sarah Inman, and we are in a series called Centered, and we're just kind of exploring this question of what is a worldview, exploring what worldviews are, and asking some questions that we think are really important and meaningful to everybody's life. And today we're going to explore some of that and some questions with our friend Jeremy Evans. Jeremy's here joining us today. Hello. And uh, we've been starting all the podcast episodes uh, during this series with Brett kind of doing a little bit of recap and teaching and um, just sharing some of his amazing wisdom with us. Amazing wisdom. So, this week it's amazing yeah, wisdom? It's amazing okay, wisdom. it keeps building and mm-hmm. it's like, okay. Well, and, and so co-host of the podcast so. yeah. and our lead pastor, Brendan yeah, Now when I tell you things in the future, I'm going to intro it with, remember, the amazing wisdom <laughs> mm-hmm. is coming your way. Uh, it's recorded too. You can yeah, always go back right. to it. That's right. And, and the reason I'm doing this is because we said we want to build a Christ-centered worldview during the Centered Series, but we also want to build confidence in a Christ-centered worldview and then also learn to have, how to have conversations about a Christ-centered worldview. That's the main thing we've been trying to do with the podcast. And that's why we had Jeremy uh, today. We're going to explore his story here in just a moment because he was uh, into his adult life when he came to Christ and has a background that would, I think some of you will find very intriguing as far as where he came from and the kind of uh, things that led him to Christ. But we've been focusing in on this passage in 1 Peter, and it is it says, but in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have have, but do this with gentleness and respect keeping a clear conscience. And that's kind of home base for just remembering when we're talking to people, first of all, be prepared. But second of all, uh, do this with gentleness and respect. It says that uh, very directly. And uh, and that includes our social media, which uh, um, all of us could probably use a little bit of uh, help in because it can be hard when you get in discussions with these things, not losing your temper, those kinds of things, because people care deeply about these kinds of issues. And if they say something that goes against the grain of who you are, sometimes we can kind of lose control. And that's why today I want to point out that word gentleness. It says gentleness. And I looked this up in a Greek dictionary and they were saying that the word in the Greek is very hard to translate into English because we don't really have an equivalent because we think of gentleness as maybe even weakness or being very soft with something. Sometimes translations say meekness, but it doesn't quite mean that either. What it means is controlled strength, controlled strength. I heard one uh, preacher several years ago using an illustration. He said, if you think about when you watch the Olympics, uh, the gymnasts especially are like a picture of controlled strength. Mm -hmm. Uh, They have muscles on top of their muscles, but (laughs) it creates the ability to make everything that they do look very uh, grace, uh, uh, graceful, you know, that, and, and that's the idea of controlled strength. It's, it's not saying someone who's weak, it's saying someone who has a lot of strength on the inside because they're connected to God, but they can exhibit that strength in a very, very controlled and respectful way and kind way that's very strategic. And if you think about Jesus, whenever he was answering questions, it, it, the only time he ever lost his temper, well, I don't even know if he lost his temper, but when he went into the, the temple, but when he was fielding questions, he was he, he would ask return questions. He was a picture of controlled strength. And so whenever you're interacting with someone about faith and they say something that kind of you know, hurts you or, or makes you mad or gets you kind of runs up against the grain of who you are. Always remember that thing of controlled strength. And I've learned just one little trick on that. If I feel myself starting to get emotional, you never want to get emotional in a debate necessarily. Or if you're kind of in a conversation where there's disagreements going on, ask a question. If you want to keep your controlled strength, I, I like to ask questions of any anyway, but if you find yourself kind of ramping up, just kind of 
ease down and, and just ask a good question, explore an idea more, especially what makes you say that or why, uh, why do you believe that? that way or uh, how have you come to see things that way and that way you get back into being curious about their life instead of wanting to beat them because this is not a competition this is not you're not trying to win a contest you're trying to win over a person uh, to faith in Christ and so that gentleness thing really just kind of impacted me again with us developing our controlled strength so uh, with that uh, we're going to talk to Jeremy because like I said uh, his uh, uh, his his background is he, he came he came to Christ at 30, uh, which is not uh, t- fairly typical uh, for a lot of people. But uh, the reason we talked to him during this series is because I happened to be sitting in, at a conference where they did a breakout session where there was a lady who, was, who had done her dissertation on atheists who had become Christians and their characteristics. She had surveyed a number of them and just kind of gave us a list of the different uh, beliefs and uh, outlooks that atheists had before they became Christians, how they thought about Christians. And, and I tweeted some things out about it and everything. I was excited. It was a really, really fascinating thing. And Jeremy texted me and said, hey, I was a part of that study. <laughs> and uh, I thought, wow, right there at our own church. And so when this came up, we said, we've got to talk to Jeremy because that is his background. And uh, we're going to kind of explore some of those things. So Jeremy, maybe you could just kind of start us off by giving sort of your your background with faith kinds of things growing up and going into adulthood and what your vantage point was and the kind of things you were raised with. Yeah. So, um, uh, have not had family who were believers really, um, at any point. Um, and as a kid, uh, went to church some, but usually it was to like be part of some sports league or something like that, that we happen to be a part of. Um, I, I like to tell the story that we played baseball growing up my whole life and my dad coached us and he, I, I can only remember him ever getting thrown out of one baseball game that, that he was coaching, and it was our pastor who was the umpire uh, <laughs> who threw him out of the game. And so that was that, go, okay, perfect. We're going to hear right. about this we'll on Sunday. That. So uh, your temper. Yeah. never didn't really get um, a whole lot of church um, in my life, and then um, growing up and getting older, uh, church was usually about chasing a girl who happened to go to church, and so would end up kind of bouncing back into that environment at various times, um, and. Uh, after college, um, moved to Evansville, and that was actually when I decided to I decided that I was going to become an atheist. Um, and so, uh, I think there's a there's an important distinction between sort of the American secular Christian, like, are you a Christian? Well, of course I'm a Christian, but there's no fruit. Like, they're not living that out. They don't go to church, you know, that sort of sure. thing. But they would call themselves a Christian and someone who's actually sort of antagonistic to the faith, which is how I kind of identified myself. Um, and so, lived that way for seven or eight years. Um, and then things changed. Yeah. So, so you said you just decided to become, it was a thing, well, like yeah, it, it was a literal conscious you know, decision. I, I read some things like read some right. Dawkins, read some Harris, um, and was really intrigued by the ideas that they were putting forward. Um, right. was intrigued by, um, the idea that, uh, that, and, and, and a lot of it was confirmational for other things that I believed. Like when I was, uh, when I would see Christians and observe them, I would see them as being a, very hypocritical, mm-hmm. um, saw them as being um, sort of um, anti-intellectual at times. Like uh, one of the things that drove me crazy as an atheist and still drives me crazy to this day is when people say, well, God's mysterious. Like the, you played the get out of jail free card, the, uh, right. <laughs> the cosmic get out of jail free card for everything, yeah. but we can't explain it. Um, right. Well, that's lazy. Like, or th- that's right. how I believed at the time. And um yeah, so uh, started to read into started to read um, 
more and learn more and decided that that wasn't for me and that I was going to be an atheist. Well, were there, and, and the answer might be a little bit uh, sensitive here, were there people in your life that you actually, you don't have to name who they are, but just <laughs> there were examples of Christians and you saw them as intellectual or whatever. Did you feel like you were getting a lot of examples of that, I guess is what I'm asking. Um, Gosh, I'm trying to think at the time. So that had been like the mid 2000s. And yeah. so I, I would say that um, for me at that stage of life, politics was probably a part of it um, okay. that I saw um, sort of prominent Christian conservatives who I felt like were very hypocritical. Okay. Um, and um, I I had not run into a Christian yet who, I think the other thing was I had not run into a Christian yet who seemed to be interested in spending the time to explore and explain and help me understand um, what was really true. And so it just was a uh, sort of a bad combination, but it was just what it was just what happened, I guess. So in some sense, there was sort of the, there were national figures, there were people that you mm-hmm. saw on the news or on television yeah. or whatever. And then, and that, that kind of painted with one brush and then, and then there was the absence in your personal right. life of just people yeah. to, well, <laughs> there's a lot to go off of right there. I mean, in, in terms of, you know, how can we be more open to sure. getting the word out that we would be interested in having these kind of conversations? Yeah. I mean, I, so maybe that's a good transition point to talk about how I, came to yeah okay. so, so i'm fascinated i didn't know this i haven't heard this story know, before oh. no so yeah. i'm enjoying this a ton. well good good i'm glad <laughs> uh so it was tara uh, my wife um so uh it's that chase the girl to church thing we're not recommending those by no the way. no 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 that's not the, the strategy coming out of the right, one life right, podcast right. uh so i was married um before i met tara and got divorced and um my ex-wife um uh, found somebody else that she wanted to spend time with. And that's kind of how that, that unraveled. Um, but Andy Stanley often says, or I've heard him say before that you can deal with every intellectual objection that a person has, but until they, they get to that heart point or that, that it's something you're going to feel your way across the finish line. Not necessarily that somebody's going to check all the boxes and you're going to feel like you, you made right. it. It's going to be something, it's going to be a heart change. And so, um, got divorced, met Tara. Um, and, Tara was unlike any Christian I had ever met. Um, she was um, obviously very passionate about her faith, and you know her well. She she was yeah. um, um, she spent a, a year as a missionary in China teaching English wow. um, to Chinese students, and um, she uh, just live she lives all out with her heart. Like her heart just leads her around, and it, it was beautiful. And I was I was stunned by. Um, this person, who, this uh, this is the type of person I'd never really met. I I tell t- I I don't know if I've told you this story, Brett, but I tell this story, and Tara doesn't like me to tell it, but I'm gonna tell it anyway. <laughs> um, there was a time where we were first dating where I wasn't sure that she was right for me, and I was kind of thinking about ending things. And she happened to show me a video that all of her friends from Bethel made her when she went to China. Um, and so it was just person after person after person saying how wonderful she was and how brave she was and how amazing. And it was people I respected and knew. And like at the end of it, I was like, well, I can't break up with her now. I mean, look at all these people who said how awesome she is. But she was very, very patient with me. And I remember early on there were, and this was, this actually was fodder for the, for the fire for me. There were Christians in her life who were saying, oh, you can't spend time with him. Don't, don't, don't spend time with him. Um, but she was patient and she hung with me and introduced me to a guy who you name, know, named Bob Kresge. Um, and Bob, um, super intellectual guy, super passionate guy. And he, um, really, 
he, there, there's a couple of things to draw from it. One is that he drew on the idea that I was impressed by intellectual arguments and that I wanted to talk about the intellectual things of it all. And so he taught me about the historicity of the Gospels. He taught me about how there's people who wrote stories about Jesus who had absolutely nothing to gain by telling the story the way that they did. And those stories um, coincide with what's in the Bible. Um, and he was very patient with me. He was very relational um, and just led me across the line of faith. He, he was, I, I was, we were sitting in Barnes and Noble and he asked me a bunch of questions and I said yes to all of them. And he said, well, if I had a cross around my neck, I'd put it on you, you're a Christian. And he got up and walked away. And that was the end of the, Okay, we made it. Um, but I, I so, so I think one was that he was willing to meet me where I was and right. deal with the objections that I had the way that I had them. But then two was Tara and her just ultimate commitment to relationality. Like she was not going to let me get away um, and she was not going to let um, biases or frustrations or relational problems uh, hinder her ability to lead me. And she did. Yeah. And we... I feel like every conversation we've had during the series on the podcast, every one of them at some point or another has come back to relationship, like connection, relationship, people meeting you where you're at, being at, I've heard someone else say um, a few weeks ago, you know, kind of being on your level, like coming Mm. whatever level you're at to just be able to have conversation and listening. And um, that always comes back to the conversation. And it's important, I think, to just keep highlighting that, that it's always about listening. It's always about relating in some way rather in like even what you said earlier, just asking a question to get to know someone instead of, and not a question like, why are you so dumb? Like, that's not a question that we're saying you should ask. Yeah, that's not a question I would recommend. I mean, Um, try that. Yeah, I don't like that. Uh, But just, I just want to highlight that because I keep hearing it and it's a good reminder for me to keep hearing, but you're about to say something, Britt. Yeah, I I was wondering how, and and maybe you said the timeline and I, I blanked out or something, like with Bob, like, how easy did you go down? I mean, is this, <laughs> how could, was this two question. conversations or is uh, no, it, was it, it was like, probably over the course of about six months, six um, months. Okay. We met several so, times, shared right. quite a few emails back and forth. And I addressed a lot of pro- things that right. I saw as wrong or problems. And some of the things that I addressed as problems, he's like, yep, you're right. I was like, well, wait a minute. <laughs> I'm used to you getting on the defensive now when I bring that up and you're going to just tell me that I'm just right, that that particular hypocrisy is a problem. And yeah, you know, and so that's another thing is I think, um, sometimes when we get into, when we get to thinking about it, like an argument or like a debate, we feel like there's a list of a thousand points and we got to win every one or as many as we can. And sometimes you can win by losing and just let that point go, you know, like, okay, yeah, you're right about that. Yeah, let's that's move, a that's a on. fantastic point because first of all, it is disarming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like, what are you going to come back with? Right. I'm right. Wait a minute, I'm not supposed <laughs> to be right. We're right. trying to get to a place here, uh, but it, it kind of goes along with you. We, we've said if you don't know, say so. I mean, if mm-hmm. if he didn't have an answer for something, which I know Bob well enough to know, he probably did have pretty good answers for things uh, in most questions that came up. At least had some version of something. But at the same time, uh, yeah, if someone makes a good point and you do think it's a good point, it's okay to acknowledge it and say, yeah. And maybe even that I've struggled with that myself. You know, I mm-hmm. understand the hypocrisy or whatever, because it would be kind of uh, a disarming thing. And that's treating you more like a person than a project. Yeah. I think it probably came across that it, way. It's really interesting because um, I talked about that, um, well, God's mysterious argument and the, uh, the fact that that drove me crazy because it seemed like a cop out. It seemed like anything we can't explain, we'll just call it mysterious and get on okay. with it. Right. But I've what I've come to recognize is that if God made a whole universe and I can understand it, it's probably not all that special, right? Like if I can understand everything there is to know, and I can't understand how you put a Toyota together, let alone anything (laughs) else under the sun. But the fact that it's hard to understand makes it worth being a part of, I think, in a way. 
No, that's that's Solid see, that was worth the listen right you're welcome, there. Folks. You're welcome, folks. <laughs> Have a great day. <laughs> Sorry. No, that, that's excellent point. And you know, it, and as I was thinking about, you were having conversation, and you guys, you said you had emails and conversation. Um, for you in that moment, was that you seeking answers or seeking to like in that in that conversation? Are you wanting him to say you're right? Are you wanting to change him? Are you wanting you to change? Are you just wanting more information? Is it just an exploration of questions? Well. I, one of the things that I that I had identified as frustrating about Christians was that I felt like they got in the boat and then kind of stopped growing or stopped mm-hmm. learning, stopped challenging their assumptions. Um, and sort of what I came to realize was I didn't want to be that, no matter what I decided, I didn't want to be that way. I wanted to be willing to, to and open to challenging what I thought and what my experiences were. And so this was part of that pursuit, I guess. I don't know that I was expecting to um, come all the way across the line of faith as part of this yeah. conversation, but I was, it was about, I was trying to grow personally. I, n- I never thought I would change his mind because yeah. he's a pretty resolute fella. Um, and same with Tara. I never thought I'd change her mind either. It's just that um, when, when I, I think when we first started dating, I was thinking, well, this isn't that important. Like the faith issue is not important. I'm going to focus on the relationship that we have. And slowly that grew to be of greater importance and obviously of the now of the greatest importance to me. Yeah. Do you, uh, do you remember kind of on, on one hand, one of the things that you, that he, one of the struggles that he was able to help you overcome that was the easiest to believe? Like what, what was the thing that was, went down the easiest? Like, Oh yeah. Okay. I never thought about that before. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I can't think of the, I, this is very anti-intellectual of me cause I can't remember it, but, um, <laughs> right. when we, going back to that idea of the history of the gospels and the idea that, okay, I can prove to you that this person wrote this. Um, and I can prove to you that he had nothing to gain from writing it. And I can prove to you that it coincides with what the Bible says. Like that was really powerful for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, um, one of the, another one of the things that was a really like deep concern for me. And I, I addressed this with him and I think that's why he took that approach is that it was frust It would be, it would always be very frustrating for me who to talk with Christians who wanted to relate why they were right about things through the context of the Bible and say, well, that Jeremy, you're not right about that. Cause this is what the Bible says about that. Well, I don't accept your Bible. Right. That the, I understand that that's the authority for your life, but it's not for me. So how am I supposed to relate or interact to that with that idea? And so by kind of taking me outside that, um, he was able to help me come back around to it, um, to where now obviously I do accept the Bible as the authority for my life. Yeah. Well, and and, the, and that's a that's a point that needs to be reinforced as well because it's a very common error because we do accept the Bible as an authority. It's easy to forget <laughs> that the person sitting across the table does not if they if they're not a believer. It's so you know giving them Bible verses it doesn't have the same impact, which seems commonsensical, but it's easy to forget because we take it so seriously. And we if we accept it as the Word of God, well, you should as well. But that's the whole point. They're not just yet. Yeah. So how do you come at it from uh, another place where you're still being biblical, uh, but you're not just assuming the Bible's authority. And that's why we get into things, the subjects that we have been getting into, like apologetics and things like that. Yeah. I, I want to add too to that, like the, the, one of the things that Bob did for me was he was able to say, okay, here's your long list of objections. And I understand all that. And you've got some good points in there and this one's not right, but you might be right about this. Let's just set all that to the side and let's talk about Jesus Christ. Like, do you believe that he was born a virgin? Do you believe that he died and was risen again? And if you can decide that you believe those things, you owe it to yourself to accept him as your savior. And the rest of it, you can figure out the rest of it when you get on the other side of the finish line. Like you want to deal with those things, let's deal with those things, but let's figure out the most important thing first. And that was a really powerful idea for me. 
Yeah, and that would that would stick with, and that's something we all recommend going forward. And we've talked about that here. Just uh, you know, if you're going to focus in on anything, it's Jesus, His life, His death, His resurrection from the dead. If you can lock onto those things, then you can explore, you know, where dinosaurs came from, or you know, what, you know, why did God have people do things in the Book of Joshua, and all those kinds of things. Once you lock that in through the grid of Jesus, it's a very, very good point to um, remember. Talk to me more about. Um, stereotypes that you had and maybe others friends of yours and i think this was a part of the study Mm -hmm. that you were a part of Mm -hmm. of christians was it purely an anti-intellectual and hypocrisy any others (laughs) well this one could be very flattering Um, well some of these things hopefully some of these things aren't true of me now i hope (laughs) maybe they are um you know i felt like hate was a big part of um, religious people's lives, um, that like, um, there were large groups of people that we could just dispense with and we don't have to worry about that group of people because they're doing, they're living their life the wrong way. And that was really like anathema to me. Like I just couldn't tolerate that idea. Um, I think the anti-intellectualism and the kind of like, um, I was very swayed by and 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 haven't don't have all the answers to ideas like evolution, like it, the, right. the 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 anti science approach that I perceived from people who were religious was kind of frustrating to me because I I grew up going to science class every day and learned about gravity and chemistry and everything else and thought that all sounded pretty good and now all of a sudden some of those some of those scientific ideas were kind of coming under attack and that was frustrating to me and it's interesting that that's an interesting point when you think about the scientists who were coming up with that stuff back in the day and how they wanted to glorify God through the work that they were doing. And so, um, that's, it's a weird mix, but, um, yeah, I think, uh, closed mindedness probably too, like not, not being willing to consider other viewpoints, um, and consider other ideas was an important part of that as well. Yeah. When you stand now on, on this side of the line Mm -hmm. and you talk to those who had been where you were, yeah. Uh, what are some things you try to keep in mind when it, when you're or communicate with people? You know, I, and this goes to my work too um, at the Dream Center is that I want the relationship between me and that person to always be the top priority. Um, that um, I, I'm I'm not going to lose them based on something that I or I really don't want to lose them based on something that I say to them about what's true. Now there's a I, I, I need to be bold and I need to express right. what the, what the reality is. But at the end of the day, I want to tie that back to why I care about them and why I love them and why their um, progress in this way is important to me. Um, so I was t- telling you before the podcast started, I've got a friend of mine who um, is a non-believer and reached out to me recently, was asking me some questions and I'll always prioritize my relationship with him as I don't ever want to say anything to lose him basically uh, as a friend. Um, And we see that, I see that a lot in my work as well because um, the people that I'm interacting with, you know, very often um, families whose kids attend the dream center just don't have any um, religious context for their lives at all. Um, There's a great story about a family that um, they uh, are, were professing pagans um, and they uh, had a death in their family and they approached us and said, um, well, you guys do that Jesus stuff. Uh, can you, can you pray for us? Cause they weren't, they weren't grieving. They were stuck. 
um, mm-hmm. and couldn't find their way through it. And so our staff got to go to their home and say, and pray, Jesus, be king of this place, um, which is such a powerful idea in a place of people who call themselves pagans. But if we hadn't prioritized the relationship with them and investing right. in them and earning credibility with them, we never would have been called into that place. Um, yeah. And so... That, that's what I would say for me. If I, In approaching someone new, I'm going to be thinking about my relationship with them first and how I can leverage right. that um, for the kingdom. All right. I remember hearing a story of a, a friend of mine who he and his friends had spent a lot of time with a, a, a Muslim, and they became great friends and everything. But he said the Muslim finally stopped and said, wait a minute, I get the feeling that if somehow I never become a Christian, at some point you guys are going to move on to the next Peel thing. Peel off. Yeah, yeah, you're you're not going to be my friend. You're waiting <laughs> for me to decide one way or the other. And if I don't decide to do and believe what you say to believe, then you're gone. And and it was kind of bracing for him. Mm-hmm. And I never forgot that. That I, and that's why I hear you saying it's just like okay. I'm going to love this person no matter what. And if we serve the one who says love your, even your enemies, then we can love all people. Mm-hmm. And and. And you don't know how it's kind of like with your kids. If your kids weren't believers most of their life, you wouldn't stop loving them at some point. You would keep working that relationship, mm-hmm. keep fanning that flame, and you would be praying all the way till they were, you know, at their deathbed that they come to Christ. But you would never desert their side. Yeah, and uh, that's probably the the greatest takeaway. Ultimately, I'm hoping everybody will not be anti-intellectual and they'll have good answers. But in the end, it's about genuinely caring about someone enough to where you just hang in there with them and. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, do those kinds of things that you said you would do and that we all want done for ourselves if we were in the same mm-hmm. shoes. Mm-hmm. I think it's fascinating too. And I want to highlight that um, you mentioned Dream Center and Jeremy's the executive director of Dream Center and um, check as well Kid Zone, which we talked a little bit about on episode 19 of the One Life podcast, which you can go back and, and uh, learn a little bit more there. It's a really weird episode. Brett was on the TV. It's fun to watch. You should watch yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's great. It was, but it was, it was not a great, fun to do. great content. And we've never done yeah. it since. That's right. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but kind of, we heard. Um, kind of your story of journeying in, in the track you've kind of taken, and now you're literally in a place where you're just sharing your worldview with with kids and with families. Mm-hmm. Um, there, what is that like? I don't know. Like that's a pretty big transition to go from one extreme almost to this other, where you're right there all the time. What does that look like? Um, just throughout the week. I mean, are you enjoying having those conversations where you're like, I, I understand that, or is it just a <sighs> wow? Um... You know, I, <laughs> I've worked in nonprofits my whole life, um, started working for the fraternity back in 2002, and now uh, 17 years later, I'm still doing it, and never in a million years thought I would ever work for a parachurch <laughs> mm-hmm. ministry, um, and sometimes people will call me and say, so you're the pastor up there, huh? No, no, no. <laughs> no. That's okay. You can be thought no. of that way. It's not I, that bad. I mean, it's not bad. I just don't want them <laughs> expecting something. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so exegete this yeah, for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. No, people I'm not going to, things, but yeah. thank you. Um, so it is cool. Um, we were talking about um, a group of girls who are getting into some shenanigans with each other uh, at the Dream Center, which has been known to happen at the Dream Center, and they were just kind of getting in trouble, and they, we were able to sit them down and say, listen, do you know who God says you are? Because we don't, the way you're behaving would it seem to indicate that you don't, and we want you to know. And they didn't. Um, they, they were able to say, that that's news to me. I had never heard that before. And so hmm. um, blazing those trails in kids' lives is pretty powerful. Yeah. It's pretty exciting. Crunching new snow, as Brett, <laughs> Brett introduced to me some, some years ago, uh, in those kids' lives is pretty powerful. Um, these are kids who 
their experience does not necessarily lend itself towards the traditional happy Christian lifestyle sometimes. Um, and so uh, on the one hand, it can be very difficult to get them to believe in something. Um, but on the other hand, how powerful to have that in their arsenal, to, ha- to have the belief that we have um, to be able to go back to and say, well, I'm seeing this in my life right now and it's not fair and I don't like it, but I know I've got a greater destiny ahead of me. I've got something bigger coming down the line. That's a pretty big deal. That's a, it's a great, it's amazing. And as you were saying your story, it made me think of like, and Dream Center, which I've, I've um, been there multiple times and see just the amazing kids that you get to interact with. And it's never about like, you're waiting for them to do something. You're just supporting them where they're at. Like, right. I mean, it, like it's this beautiful thing that is happening. And um, I guess that's a great uh, thing I want to add as we come into the holidays. Is there anything coming up with Dream Center? People can jump in, support, sure. be part of. Yeah, so we have our Feast with Friends. It's the day before Thanksgiving. It's from 5 to 7 at the Dream Center. We serve Thanksgiving dinner. The Westside Nut Club uh, smokes 50 turkeys in our parking lot what? that day. It is a phenomenal day. And so people should come eat because uh, we got a lot of Thanksgiving. Uh, but then My goodness. People, <laughs> I'm telling you. 50 turkeys. Eat the, the day before Thanksgiving. That's what, what we all need ha- to have do you ever, have a feast. Let me ask you right something. Before, have you ever had two Thanksgiving dinners and been like, I regret one of those. No <laughs> way. Point. That's, that's Solid true. Point. Go for it. Go for it. So that's on the, um, on the, uh, let's see, I think it's the 24th, 27th. Um, and then on uh, Saturday, December 14th, we're actually for the first time ever hosting affordable Christmas at Delaware Elementary School. Oh, so wow. we make a big deal out of Christmas every year. This year we have taken it up a notch and are trying to provide Christmas, not just for the kids that we serve at the Dream Center, but for every single kid at Delaware Elementary School. So um, that will be December wow. the 14th. And people can learn more about that on our Facebook page dream center evansville um can learn to volunteer can learn about volunteering can um potentially uh adopt a kid for that for christmas as well it's going to be awesome man it's going to be a big party december 14th from three to six at the dream center december 14th every single delaware student oh (laughs) (laughs) that's roughly how many students and their parents their parents are coming too it's about 440 kids oh my goodness that is going to be a party and it's all crammed into the Dream Center? It is. There? Time okay. slots. We're going to have time slots. Okay, okay. Yeah. Good. That's it's super gonna, it's exciting. It's really smoothly. It is. It's great. Yeah. Great. That's awesome. People need to know that kind of thing is going on right. in our fair city. So yeah. that's good stuff. Yeah. Jeremy. From a guy that made a study about that's right. atheist of all people. That's, yeah, that's right. He, he turned it around. Yeah, he absolutely God did. turned it around. That's cool. This is great. I love this conversation, being able to, um, one, for me, learning more about you, which is cool, learn more about your story, and then also seeing kind of the journey and the excitement. Um, I love the excitement when you're talking about Dream Center and the kids. Like, if you're not watching this episode of the podcast, you should go find it, because just watching Jeremy get excited, talking about uh, Dream Center and, and kids and their families is really cool. So, um, Brett, as we close out, anything to to add or to close out with? Well, well, I, I'm hoping you're, you'll you'll stay tracking with what we've been talking about on the podcast, especially in these. The same principles keep coming up over and over again when it comes to about having conversations about worldviews. So keep listening because we are going to just keep exploring this idea because it is important. And it's not only for people maybe that you work with or the atheist you know in your life. It's really important for your kids, especially mm. as they get a little bit older, your teenagers, uh, probably the toughest conversation I ever had was with uh, my daughter when she came home from school and she had been fielding questions herself and her and I took a very, very long drive and (laughs) she asked some really, really tough questions, but, uh, you know, had at least enough preparation to know how to do that. And so, uh, this really, really important stuff. So, and then we're going to continue, we got three more installments of centered coming up. And, uh, I think it's, uh, to me, it's going to be the, the funnest one because the first one is going to be who is Jesus. And we're just going to explore who he is because we need to remind ourselves of that. And then his cross and his resurrection. So 
Good stuff coming. Awesome. Jeremy, thanks for joining us today. Hey, thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun. Anytime. All right. Anytime. Has there been been a three-timer yet on the podcast? Besides, Ryan's been on quite a few times. Okay. But But he works here. But he was technically as a guest. It was more kind of co-hosting sort of, not the same thing. So Yeah. So yeah, if you're looking to do one. an episode about the 2020 Chicago Cubs, I'd be happy to come on. And break <laughs> oh man, that, give you some analysis. Okay, we need to do that on the new team. I bet we. I, I bet if we put word out, we would have. A <laughs> we get a live audience, audience for that. Uh, yeah, could be. We get a live it's a niche audience. That's true. Be big. <laughs> awesome. Thank you guys so much for joining us. And a remi- reminder: you can always email us questions. Any questions you have or want some more information, um, you email us at podcast at onelifechurch.org. And you can find the short films and all the messages for the Centered series on the One Life app or onelifechurch.org. Thanks so much for joining us. We'd love to hear from you guys. You can email us at podcast at onelifechurch.org. You can leave a comment on YouTube or on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you're listening to this podcast. We'd love for you guys to share that out. Let more people hear this great content and have an opportunity to continue that conversation even further. Our music was produced by Michael Robertson and Ben Brock. My name's Sarah, and I produced this episode. <laughs>